The Saints finished the 2023 regular season in style, beating the absolute breaks off the Atlanta Falcons. Wasn't good enough to win the NFC South, though. The Bucs beat the Panthers, but they still keep their playoff hopes alive. Let's talk about all this and Derek Carr's biggest game as a member of the Saints right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rosvogel, and as always, we're brought to you by Scott Fickner, injury lawyers who've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, hurt offshore. Scott Fickner handles it all. You give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. So the Saints are not going to win the NFC South. That will go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who beat the Panthers Nine nothing. I'm I'm entirely convinced the Panthers aren't an NFL team. That might have been one of the most abysmal seasons I've seen in a while. But let's focus at, on the Saints Falcons game. The task at hand. This was an interesting one. You start off two big touchdowns, going down fourteen to seven, and you start wondering, man, is this defense giving up? What the hell's going on? And then it was all Saints. And I think saying it was all Saints the rest of the way would not do it justice because they outscored them forty-one to three to end the game. You're talking about Derek Carr, deep touchdown passes to Olave, to Rashid Shaheed, touchdown run from Kendrick Miller, running up the score with Jamal Williams at the end of the game, a potential pick six from uh, Tyron Matthew where he gets kind of hawked down at the one-yard line. This game had it all in terms of just drama, excitement, batshit crazy plays. Uh, this was wild. And, and what I would say for the Saints is this might be a bittersweet moment because for a brief moment in time, you saw what this team could do if everything clicked because everything worked today. The defense figured it out. They started forcing turnovers. The offense was highly efficient, especially early. A lot of Derek Carr playing efficient football and then Taysom Hill giving them a little bit of everything. And then it was really kind of like the Derek Carr show as the, as the game progressed. But we haven't seen it all year. And because of their inability to see it all year, that's why they're not the NFC South winner. And that's why they didn't control their destiny going into today. And while they're still alive in the playoff race because you root for the Bears to beat the Packers and you root for the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. I think today was just one of those where you're happy about the Saints looking great for a moment and certain players shining, but you get a little frustrated that their inconsistencies, their inability to put games away, that's the reason they're not the NFC South champion. That's the reason they're not going to host a playoff game this year, and that's probably the reason, unless they get some help in this late afternoon window, that they're not going to be a playoff team. And now I will watch those games, obviously, once I'm done with this live stream and we'll keep close tabs. And if you guys are paying attention and there's an immediate score change, just let me know in the live chat below. But that's why the Saints aren't the NFC South champions. Uh, I think of the 17-0 blown lead to the Packers. I think of the failed comebacks against the Jaguars, against the Vikings, against the Lions, against the Texans, all that. I think of the first loss to the Falcons. One of those games goes differently. The Saints are getting their NFC South champions hats and shirts and kind of being pumped up about it. Um, and, and that's the way I look at it. I thought this team played really good football down the stretch of the season, but that Rams game, that's another one. You, you just kind of shit the bed. And it's frustrating. I want to give a lot of players their flowers for the way they played today. Uh, I thought that Carl Granderson made some nice plays. Uh, DeMario looked like DeMario for the most part. Tyre Matthew obviously made a big play. Elante kind of changed momentum with his interception. And then offensively, I thought most of the team their thing but yeah it's it's a bittersweet moment you're happy about the win over the falcons because fuck atlanta 
And you, you kind of laugh at the exchange between Dennis Allen and Arthur Smith at the end of the game. That might've been the funniest thing Dennis Allen's ever done. And you guys know I crap on Dennis Allen all the time. Him running up the score against the Falcons might be the funniest shit I've seen in a long time. And you kind of need that pettiness, right? Like it's a rivalry. You lost the first time. It's okay. I'm, I'm totally okay with them running up the score on the Falcons. I know some people are like, oh, that was a, that was a lame move. I don't care. If Sean Payton did it, we all would have thought it was funny. So uh, I thought it was a funny move. Now, I want to switch gears and talk about Derek Carr because I did say I'm going to mention players who played great and giving them their flowers. And I think he deserves it out of everyone because he is the quarterback. And when he has struggled this year, I think I've been one of the first ones to be on here and talk about his struggles and say how he's not living up to the contract and he's not playing well. But man, he finished the end of the season on a heater. So if I just go off meaningful football, and that's what I've been doing with Derek Carr this season is don't tell me the stats when the game's over, right? Like, I don't want to hear about his stats against the Rams when they were down 30 to seven and he had some garbage time yards and touchdowns. I want to know what was he doing while the game was still at stake. And today's one of those games where he was playing his best football, 20 of 26 for 259 yards, four touchdown passes, a 147.3 rating. That's when the game mattered. Derek Carr played great football. And it actually has been the last four games for them. In the last four games, he threw 12 touchdown passes, which had he done that on a consistent basis, and you're asking for a lot, obviously 12 over four games, you're looking at a guy that would have potentially had a career year. And, and now, for me, I think it's about having the balance. I don't think Derek Carr is as good as he looked the last four games of the year. But I don't think Derek Carr is as bad as he looked probably for the first 10 games of the year. And he's somewhere in that middle-of-the-road type of quarterback where his good football kind of makes you think, okay, you could stick with him, and then his bad football leaves you wanting more. And that is why he's kind of like the definition of being in that quarterback purgatory room where you don't know, you're kind of in that middle ground. But as of today and as of the last four games, I thought Derek did what he's done pretty much his whole career. He doesn't really take a ton of chances, takes what the defense gives him. If he has the opportunity to push the ball down the field, he's going to show off that arm, which he does have a pretty good arm when it comes to throwing the deep ball. And I think he didn't make any stupid throws. And that's something I praised him last week against the Bucs. He made one throw against the Bucs last week that I thought, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Today, I really didn't see any throws where I thought, man, that's a stupid play from Derek Carr. I thought a lot of his touchdown passes, both to A.T. Perry, the one to Chris Olave, the one to Rashid Shahid. The first two to A.T. Perry that I'm talking about, those are pinpoint passes. The ones to Olave and Shahid, are they pinpoint passes? No. Are you giving your guy a chance to make a play? Yes, I like that. So I thought Derek Carr played really well today. I think there's obviously a little bit of a caution to this where you don't want to go all in and say, oh, Derek Carr's great and this is who he is. I don't think this is who he is. I think he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. But this is probably what the Saints thought and envisioned they'd get from a more consistent basis from Carr. And look, I don't know if it's him being more accustomed to the system. Maybe it's him being a little healthier. Maybe it's a combination of both. Had he done this, maybe they're 10-7. and seven, Maybe they're in the playoffs. And you don't got to worry about the late afternoon games. You could just go have a celebratory beer or whatever is your drink of choice and talk about the Saints being in the playoffs. Uh, but that wasn't the case, and I'm not trying to pin this all on Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr is the sole reason the Saints didn't win the NFC South, but games like this today, when he is healthy and he does feel like he's got everything under control, you, you strive for that. That's what you want to see. Uh, and I think it's important to note, guys, like I said, I don't think he's as good as four touchdown passes, but I know for sure he's not as bad as the games that we've seen this year at times from him. Um, and, and I think he could be a good bridge for this team whenever they eventually get their next guy two, three years from now. He could be the bridge for now to hold it together, hopefully. And that's why I've said, even though the Saints will run it back, if you had to make me choose another year of Dennis Allen, another year of Derek Carr, it was always going to be another year of Derek Carr. Because I think Carr, with the right coaching when he's comfortable, 
can have good games like this uh, as he did today. So I want to give Derek Carr credit. I thought he looked good. And I, I think this was one of those games where it just leads to wonder, man, what if he was a little healthier and he, he actually understood the system before December because he looked different today than he has looked in the past. He looked like a quarterback in control, in command. And man, I just wish we saw more of that from Derek Carr. So I want to talk about two rookies before I get over to live chat and, and cover whatever you guys are talking about. I thought Kendra Miller and A.T. Perry did the damn thing today. And I think, you know, why I say there's like that beware of Derek Carr, because I don't know if he's as good as he was today. But when you see two rookies make game-breaking plays when it matters most, that's what impresses you. And you saw it today from both A.T. Perry and Kendra Miller. So A.T. Perry had two touchdown receptions today on, on 53 yards receiving and three catches. And the A.T. stands for another touchdown. And, and what I say about A.T. Perry, and I say it every single week, this dude, all he does is make one-on-one -on -one contested grown man catches. And I love this kid. I think that he could be a really nice playmaker for the Saints. He's going to end up finishing the season uh, with decent numbers, a, a little over 200 yards, a couple touchdowns here and there. Look, for a guy that you took on day three late in the Adam Troutman trade, I think that's a home run for them in terms of they win that deal. You know what Troutman was for you and what he wasn't. There's potential with A.T. Perry. And I thought A.T. Perry, when Michael Thomas went down, really started to come alive. So I was really impressed with this kid. I think he looked really good today. And I want to see what he can do next year in an increased role, kind of what he added as the season went along because he looked pretty good down the stretch. And I thought he was great. As for Kendra Miller, Man, what could have been for him too, right? And maybe the offense looks different if this kid was healthy because Kendra Miller today gave the Saints, for the first time, I think all season, a look at running back that they didn't have. And this isn't a knock on Alvin because Alvin's still RB1 and Alvin's still a great player, but Kendra Miller's vision, his change of pace, the cuts that he was making, the ability to kind of make that guy miss when it's a one-on-one -on -one situation, that's what you want at running back. And what Kendra Miller gave the Saints today is something that when Alvin wasn't doing his thing, Jamal Williams wasn't capable of doing 13 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. His first touchdown was insane. You see the play. You think he's going to get stuffed in the backfield off that pitch. He ends up getting to the end zone. So I thought Kendra was special. And what I would say from this game, if there's like that optimism you want to take into the 2024 season, is that Kendra Miller and A.T. Perry, I think today they showed you. They got the talent to be playmakers for the Saints. It's all about health and opportunities. And if they can get those two things in order, Maybe these are guys that are going to make plays for the Saints during the 2024 season. You can't tell me they don't have the talent to do it. We saw it on full display today. We've been seeing it the last couple of days with A.T. Perry, and now we see it with Kendra. They just got to stay healthy if they can. Maybe the offense looks a little bit different. I'd love to see what a dynamic of Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara could be for the Saints. So if you're going to take any optimism and kind of run with it, I think I would look at these two rookies. And if these two rookies end up hitting, the 2020, uh, 2023 draft class – ends up looking a little better because you know what you got in Brian Brazil already. If you could have two offensive playmakers like these two kids, who knows? So that's what I'm thinking when I watch this game. I'm looking at the rookies. I'm looking at the young players and thinking maybe the Saints got something there. We'll see in 2024. But overall, guys, I, I was definitely impressed with them. Now I'll get into what you guys have to say, what you were saying about the game, your thoughts, predictions, comments, whatever, in just a second because before I do that, I want to get a quick word from one of our sponsors. DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA season is in full swing, and when I can't get enough of the action on the court, I spice things up betting on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code BOOT. 
New customers can bet just five bucks on the NBA and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code BOOT. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Once again, thank you, DraftKings, for being part of the program. We greatly appreciate it. So we're going to start off uh, with a $20 Super Chat from Antonio. First off, thank you so much for the support, Antonio. We greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, I know you've been leaving comments in all season long, so thank you for kind of leaving your opinion here. It says, Chris, with the season potentially being over after today, just want to say thank you for putting out great Saints content, to be honest. I fell off with watching your content because of a lackluster season. I promise to be better next season. Man, please do not worry about that. I, I said, um, I want to try and remember the date, but I think it was after the Lions game. I started saying, look, some fans are going to kind of fall off and not watch towards the end. And I don't blame them because you got to give the fans a product that you feel like it's worth investing. If you're watching a TV show and you feel like it's falling off, you probably won't care when the next episode rolls around because they got to make you feel invested. And I said the same thing about the New Orleans Saints. They weren't doing that. And Look, they finished the season on a good note, right? Winning three out of their last four and showing some promise towards the end. Uh, Obviously, it was too little too late. There's no doubt about that. But I understand why people definitely fell off towards the end, and I don't blame them one bit. Uh, You know, and and even for you, like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. We all got lives on Sundays and things to do. I guess in my case, I don't because I'm sitting here talking about the Saints all the time, win, lose, tie, whatever the result is. But I can't blame you guys one bit. But thank you so much for the support throughout the season, Antonio. Uh, Greatly appreciate it, man. So we're going to go over to Margaret saying, where has this game been all year? And also said the Panthers are a pathetic team. Couldn't even get a point. Shaking my head. So where has this been all year, Margaret? I don't know. I, I, I hate to say it, but this is the mark of an inconsistent team, right? When you come out, you look dominant today. And even if the Saints make the playoffs next week, who knows? Maybe they'll play like crap, you know, like, because that's just the mark of this team. They're inconsistent, but it was a great performance. As for the Panthers, Look, I know maybe today and and just looking forward, things don't seem that great for the Saints. And part of it's true. But what I would say is it's probably worse to be a Panthers fan because they were by far and away the worst team in the NFL this year and they don't have their first pick. That is absurd. That is crazy. And it wouldn't seem as bad if Bryce Young looked good, but Bryce Young looked like crap pretty much this entire season. So that's probably the worst uh, spot to be in. I agree with you. Panthers were pathetic this year. Alex says, really like what I saw from A.T. Perry this week and this season. I'm comfortable with him slotting into that empty role next year. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think for the Saints and for Michael Thomas, it's better that the two of them kind of just part ways. Better for MT, go get another chance. Saints are going to get younger at the wide receiver position. I'd love to see what A.T. Perry could do in a full year in a bigger role, and he's got he's got the potential for sure. I agree with you. Forgive says, J.W. is a hot fun guy, but they should let him go after the season. 10 rushing yards, 10, uh, 10 yards is wild. He's just a wasted play. Uh, Jamal Williams, yeah, he is a fun guy. I, I agree with you. He is that type of energy guy, but he's not it. Like, and I didn't mean it to be disrespectful, but you guys know how I am on Twitter. I'm a little bit of an, of an asshole. And I, I tweeted mid-game, Jamal, no gains on the play, Williams, because this man, every time he gets the ball, it's like right back to the line of scrimmage at best, and then the play's over. And I feel like you just waste snaps. And, and it's kind of in the numbers, right? Kendra Miller, 13 carries, 73 yards. Jamal Williams, 14 carries, 26 yards, like 5.6 yards per carry, 1.9 yards per carry. Like, it's a big difference. So, I agree with you. Like, he, he is a good energy guy, but, man, that's that's all I can really say. 
Alex says, is Carr a good red zone quarterback now? He was in his bag today, getting hot at the right time. Let's hope he continues on that pace next week. Uh, next, uh, Well, if they play next week, if not next season. But I kind of think you have to assume that the extra help that they put in and reps during the end of the week worked. And it makes you wonder, why did the Saints wait till like December to say, yeah, maybe we should work on the red zone? Because that's what they basically did. And it's a little frustrating. I think that this team, it was that a little too late mindset for them all year long. and. I just wish there was more urgency, man, from the coaching staff, maybe even from the players a little bit, but it is what it is. That, that's kind of what happened. But I got to give him his respect. I think that he did turn it around in the red zone. He didn't chicken out. He stood strong in the pocket on a lot of throws. And who knows? Let's see if he can do that next season, I guess. Margaret says, I think this is the first time Cars beat the Falcons. It is. Forgive says, if this version of the team played the Eagles in the Dome, they'd probably win. I do agree with that. Uh, the reason being, is the Saints wide receivers in Olave and Shahid, and even A.T. Perry, the Eagles secondary is so freaking bad, I don't think they'd be able to keep up with these young fellas. I think these young fellas would be running circles around them. Now, you would have to keep that Eagles front contained because that's where the Eagles defense gets their juice from. It's the, the defensive line causing chaos. But if you hold them up, their secondary is going to get absolutely exposed. So, it would have been a nice matchup for this team. Now, I don't know how the defense would have fared against Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a good runner. But offensively, I actually think if they kept Carr upright, I think he could have done some numbers against this Eagles defense. Antonio says, at the end of the day, we won the game. We beat the Dirty Birds to end the season. We did what we needed to do today. If by any chance Green Bay and Seattle both lose, I wouldn't mind an appearance in the postseason. I'd rather an appearance in the postseason. You know, like, at this point, you won. If you lost, it's different because your draft order changes already, but you're nine and eight. Like you are what you are. You're going to be towards the middle of the draft order anyway. I would love to see them get some luck here from looking at the scores, the Bears, uh, and get some help from, from the Cardinals and make the playoffs because do I expect the Saints to go on a run? Absolutely fucking not. But would I love the Saints for one weekend to ruin someone else's day? Also, yes. And in this case, it would probably be the Cowboys. And if someone told you they're going to ruin the Cowboys' day, Fuck it. Give me that. I'll, I'll take it. And, and I'm going to say this, guys. We know Dennis Allen's safe. You don't got to check your phone tomorrow. He's not getting fired. They're keeping the guy. Probably going to tell you how great he is. They might even extend the motherfucker. I don't know. But what I can say is that if they're going to do this, you might as well get into the playoffs, you know? So uh, I do agree with you, Antonio. I'd rather have that. It's unfortunate they, they couldn't control their own destiny. But in terms of the situation they're in, yes, I'd rather see them make it. Chung says, fire Pete. Carr played fantastic. AWS stats showed he had multiple improbable throws. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because I think that Pete really played, uh, you know, played his cards well towards the end of the year with his play calling. But he's another one, right? Do you need to have your job on the line to show urgency? Because then that's that's stupidity. I'd imagine the Saints try to make a change, which means Derek's going to have to learn a whole new system. Don't know if I love that, but they're, they're going to have to switch something up. I just don't know if they can run the whole team back. Uh, Henya says, don't let beating these trash teams fool you. Saints will get bounced from the playoffs first round. I do think if they played Dallas, they would get bounced first round. I actually think they could keep up with Philly. I don't think they could keep up with Dallas, but that's just the way I've used it. Chung says, Arthur Smith should go to his brother's FedEx. I mean, that man, I, I don't know if I should feel bad for him or not because that guy's quarterback is Desmond Ritter, and you're not winning shit with Desmond Ritter. Alex says, Pete Carmichael has had a pretty good final month of the season, so naturally will be the sacrificial lamb this offseason, not the head coach. I agree. Forgive says Olave has star potential. No doubt about that. Olave definitely has star potential. 
Chung says, Carr made some good throws today. No denying. Great play when you see it, although most of the season, it was putrid. Yeah, look, Derek Carr, this is what I would say. First half of the season did really nothing, but the Saints won the first two games, whatever. Then he got hurt. It was a whole bunch of mid. Looked really good against the Colts on October 29th. Looked decent against the Bears November 5th. Then went back to sucking ass for about four weeks, maybe five weeks. And then Giants, Rams, Bucks, Falcons put up good numbers. Rams game, I didn't think he was great. I think it was a lot of garbage time. Falcons game today, he was great. Bucks game, he was great. Giants game, he was great. So three out of the last four games, he looked great to end the season. I wish they get into the playoffs, but I hate to see DA feel like he's a good coach because he's not. <laughs> he, he definitely is not, that's for sure. Cooler beat says, DA did what he had to do with that last fuck you touchdown. LOL, how to make Arthur Smith look at the worst coach in the division. Fair enough. Now, he did start off his pressure by saying, uh, I'm going to start by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the Falcons. Said they should have taken a knee, but guys wanted to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. Said that's unacceptable. That's not who we are. Not what we're about. Now, if I was him, I'm not fucking apologizing. I'd tell Arthur Smith to quit freaking crying and go worry about his job. That's what I would say, but Dennis Allen wants to try and take the high road. I don't know how you can take the high road after running up the score. Like, just own it. And I think a lot of Saints fans are going to kind of embrace him in that moment. You know? Like, who cares? It's Atlanta. You can run up the score. And we all knew they were trying to get him that touchdown anyway. Antonio says, DA and Carmichael haven't been my favorites either, but today they did some good. Going on fourth down, challenging plays, using Hillmore, and faking a kneel down. I do agree. This is probably the best they did. Where was that urgency? All season, man. All season. They waited till like mid-December to say, oh, well, we got to start coaching. And that's just unfortunate. Saints 41 says, how do the Falcons beat the Saints? That's the worst team I've seen this year. The Falcons are a bad football team. They are pretty bad. They're not worse than the Panthers, but they are pretty bad. Got a super chat here from Half-Life. Thank you so much for the support. Says, love watching Olave. I don't know if you saw, but DC actually went to the bench and celebrated with him. Hopefully more to come next year. Yeah, look, guys, I know it was ugly earlier in the season. The Jaguars game was probably was the pinnacle of that, right? The Olave and Carr disagreement and Carr acting like a baby and, and Allen throwing Olave under the bus. And obviously none of that was ideal. You don't want any of that. What I would say is towards the end of the season, Chris Olave and Derek Carr really for, uh, figured out their connection. I think Chris Olave was putting up some pretty damn good stats outside of the Buccaneers game. So look, I, I think Olave finished the year with what, around like 1,100 yards maybe? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe less than 1,100. I don't remember. But he, he had a good season. I think he could get to another level if him and, and Carr can stay on, on the same page for an entire season. So we shall see. But I, I think that, that this was definitely for them a confidence booster going into the offseason and next season that the Jaguars game didn't break them. Because if it did, you would have saw it on the field and it, it just didn't do it. So I, I think that's definitely a, a positive for sure. Getting into more comments here. Let's see what we got. Um, Tonio says, Arthur Smith, that's BS, and you know it. Yeah, I saw that. And the funny thing is, the announcers go, I think you can read Arthur Smith's lips. We don't got to read his lips. The mics call what he said. He pretty much told him that was fucking BS, and you know it. And then Dennis Allen says, I understand. Like, you can't say understand. You you ran up the score, and that's fine. I'm glad he ran up the score. I can't give a shit. I mean, there was a, it's about time the Saints had a little bit of pettiness to them. Saints 41 says, Tiki Barber on Arthur Smith's post-game tirade. This is football, man. You have the right to do whatever the hell you want. I kind of agree, man. It's a rivalry game, last game of the season. I'm not, I'm not saying I needed to see Jamal Williams get a touchdown, but I'm sure they mentioned like, hey, yo, he has not been in the end zone the entire season. 
And this is a guy who had 17 touchdowns last year, had zero coming into today. I understand how these things happen, you know? Got a super chat from Ed. Thank you so much for the support. It says, tougher schedule next year. So next year we'll see, uh, we shall see with an aging defense. MT's going to miss, uh, MT going to miss him. Chris, appreciate your work. An American fiction movie of the year. And then he says, DA is a vagina for that. So let me see if I can break down all of these. So definitely a tougher schedule next year, right? You go up against the Chiefs, go up against the Chargers, uh, AFC North opponent, NFC East. So right off the bat, right? Cowboys, Eagles, Chargers, Chiefs, anyone in the AFC North, those are five tough games. It's going to come down to how you handle your division. Obviously, uh, I'm going to miss MT if he ends up being gone because MT is like an all-timer for me in terms of his peak watching him as a Saints fan been a privilege. Um, but I do think it is time for them to go their separate ways. So I kind of understand that part. As for American fiction, I know you hit me up about it before I went to see it, and then I hit you up after I saw it. That was a phenomenal movie. Uh, great satire. Pretty much every joke hit for me. Acting was sensational, uh, and I just had a great time watching it. I thought the performances were good, and it was a little sadder than I expected, but uh, in, in a good way. As for the DA one, you guys know how I feel about DA. A win over the Falcons doesn't change the fact that I am not a big fan of his. Uh, I don't know if that would be the word I'd use for him, but... I'm definitely not a huge fan of him regardless. I just I thought it was funny seeing him and Arthur Smith kind of battle it out. And as uh, as people were saying in the chat, Arthur Smith, big mad. You're, you're right about that, Jerry. He is definitely big mad. All World Trucker says, Chris, my cousin believes Mickey is right that this team has similarities to 2016. What do you think? I don't think so. But I also don't think the NFC South is going to be significantly better next year. I think the only way the NFC South is significantly better next year is if and it is a big if the Falcons figure out their quarterback situation because the Panthers are in a world of trouble right now. And I think even if they fix Bryce Young, right? Like, let's say they figure out the Bryce Young problem and, and he plays better next year. There's no guarantee that Bryce Young is going to solve all their problems, you know? And I, I think for him, I, I think that their best situation is Bryce Young plays good football and they're still way under, they're way under 500 because they're not good enough. The Buccaneers, are you paying Baker Mayfield? Are you committing to Todd Bowles long-term? And are you committing to Mike Evans? Those are three huge decisions you have to make. So I think the NFC South always on the Falcons and whether or not they get a quarterback. And if the answer is no, then we are going to be right back in this situation, whether the schedule's harder or not next year, of saying, who the hell wants to win the NFC South? And maybe it'll be the Saints next year. Maybe it won't. But I think we're probably going to be right back in the same spot. And it's frustrating because you feel like you're reliving the same day over and over again. And, but that's just kind of how it is. Paul says, with this uh, convincing win, the Saints will bring everyone back, including Pete Carmichael, who was masterful today with play calling. Possible. He was great with play calling today. i got to give him his props. Mo says, if only they beat Alabama the first time, oh, well. Hopefully the Seahawks and the Packers lose. So I don't have a television in front of me at the moment. Can you all give me updates on those games, though? Like, has anything happened? Is, has nothing happened? What's kind of the deal right now? I'm pretty curious as to how those two games are, are working out. John says, Olave, Shahid, A.T. Perry, and a fourth rookie. I think that's amazing. I, I do like that idea. I think he got a lot of potential, got a lot of youth. That, that could be a really good group right there. Chung says, MT and Lattimore got to go. Get picks, get younger, faster, and better. Well, MT, I think you'll lose him in the offseason. He'll probably go somewhere. I think Kansas City would be a really good spot for him. Uh, and then for Lattimore, Seems like he's going to get traded. We shall see what happens there. Just Call Me Trey says, this year was a bunch of inconsistency. We showed flashes of this other game, especially this game. 
Only if we could have had seen this at a consistent rate, but that's Dennis Allen for it. Yeah, I think it's a mark of not being a great coach team is, you know, you, you have those inconsistencies and you're unable to string together greatness. And it's unfortunate. Space African Jesus says the Green Bay game was the most inexcusable loss. You were 2-0 you were uh, on the season, up 17-0 in the game itself. All they had to do was not shit their pants. And honestly, had they not shit their pants in that Green Bay game and they win and they go 3-0, do they not rush Carr back the week uh, after against the Bucs? And even if they lose that, you'd be 3-1. and one. Maybe you don't rush Carr. Maybe you don't linger with his shoulder injury. Who the hell knows? But I definitely do feel like that is the tipping point of yeah, this season kind of scaled uh, out of control. But I think the Falcons' loss was also a bad one for them, too. I thought they were in control, and then Derek Carr threw the pick six, and they never recovered. El Mendoza says, I'm even more pissed because where was this team early in the year? I feel you. Sometimes it's like, it's tough to say, right? You're like, you want to be happy about it, and then you're like, where the fuck was this early in the year? So you, you kind of you juggle those two opinions. Margaret says, it was great to beat the Falcons. Love it. Mo says, I got to give Carr credit these five games. He's been good. I think with better coaching, Carr would have had us at 11 and six. He's had a 12 and four season before with good coaching and 10 and six records. Yeah, look, like worst case, one more win, you get to 10 and seven, you would be a better team. So you'd be a playoff team if that happens. And, and I don't know, like I don't want to put so much stock in the way Derek Carr played the last five games because I don't know if he's that good, but I know he wasn't as bad as he played in the, in the beginning of the season. And it's just frustrating. That's all, that's all I'd say for you. DA coward. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, look, I would have said, if I were DA, I'm not apologizing for running up the score. It's football. It's a division game. It's the last game of the year. You ain't got to apologize. The only person Arthur Smith's got to apologize to is probably the owner when they meet tomorrow and they discuss whether or not he's got a job. That, that's about it. Calvin says, who's the play caller today? It was still Pete. I know that, um, I know that every, every time they have a good game offensively, people are like, it was not Pete calling it. But it, it was Pete out there at the controls today. Zeke says, Chris, I got to know, funniest moment of the 20, uh, 2023 season, Zach Bond fumbling his interception of Stroud, Carr chucking a pass to Pete, or DA incorrectly throwing a challenge flag. Mm. Funniest? I, I'm going to go Carr chucking a pass at Pete. I lost my shit when that happened. But Zach Bond fumbling Stroud's first career interception was so funny because we're like, this is going to be the game that he throws that pick. And honestly, had he not fumbled it, who knows? Maybe that's a different game because Houston ended up scoring points, I believe, on that drive. And that, that's just the epitome of this season for them. Nola Gang 09 says, what's with DA apologies for scoring that last touchdown? I don't get it, man. You should not be apologizing. Bayou Boys 5-4 says, the touchdowns to Olave and Shahid was Drew Like. Drew made a living hitting covered receivers where only the receiver can catch it. Yeah, and look, you got to give your guy a chance. But I do think it'd be better for everyone to just not bring up Drew Brees at all when we mentioned Derek Carr because there's there's zero similarities other than their their skin color, I guess. But th these guys are not the same quarterback at all with the way they play. I think Drew, like prime Drew, would risk it for the biscuit if he had to. And he didn't give zero fucks. And most of the time it worked because he's just so pinpoint accurate. And I thought Derek Carr was very accurate today. And Derek Carr made some sensational throws. But I do think the main takeaway for me wasn't so much the accuracy on those deep throws is the fact that Derek Carr gave his guy a chance. And I love that he did that. Like, Olave made the payoff. Shahid made a payoff. And maybe that's trust going into next year. Maybe it's fool's gold. Like, I guess only time tells the story. But I like that he gave them a chance. K-Rose88 says, credit where it's due. Carr played well the last two games. DA is still not it. I agree on both accounts. Filmhead says, he's healthy and not on the ground. If you're referring to Carr, I think, yeah, that's definitely one of the reasons why he has played better. There's no doubt about that. I, I think that 
having a better pocket to throw makes a world different. Space African Jesus says, even though booster seat Bryce and the Panthers couldn't pull it off, shocking, at least we beat the Falcons at the Dome and got the amazing Olave catch. Dude used the defender's helmet against him. Yeah, that catch was insane. Olave is going to be a superstar. You can just feel it. There's just so much potential with him to make big plays down the field. And Booster Seat Bryce might be my favorite nickname for Bryce Young that I've heard in a while. Chung says, Sean Payton would have kicked Arthur Smith like the dirty birdies. <laughs> Fair enough. Paul says, Arthur Smith will be fired at the Superdome in New Orleans. It's possible. He's, a, he's an interesting study, right? Like, I don't think he's a great coach at all, but like you fire him. It's a weird precedent to send that you, you fired your coach who never had a quarterback. You had Matt Ryan who was towards the wash stage of his career. So then you traded him and then he had Desmond Ritter for two seasons. Who the hell is going to win with that? Hell Mendoza says crazy thing. The saints can still somehow make the playoffs. It, it is still uh, it's still on the table for sure. Nicholas says if Carr had played this well, and even two more games a season, we would have won the NFC South. I agree. I agree for sure. Alex says, if this ends up being the last post-game show of the year, just wanted to thank you for another great season. We appreciate your passion and insight. Uh, I appreciate that, Alex. Thank you so much. But I, I say it every time, and I'm sure I'll say it one more time before I end this live stream. And I, I hope it's not the last one. I'd love nothing more than to do a playoff uh, you know, preview and, and recap show for you guys. Um, it, it all comes down to you guys. Because, look, I could sit here and probably talk about the Saints for the rest of the night and, and whatever. But I, I love kind of getting the pulse of where you guys are at, where your heads are at in terms of being optimistic, pessimistic, you know, you know, being confident in this team, being down on this team, wanting someone fired, wanting someone promoted, wanting someone to get playing time. Uh, I like hearing what you guys have to say. And it, the the thanks really goes to you guys because if you guys don't put anything in the chat, I, you know, it's it's not the same. It doesn't flow for me as much because you guys, you might, guys might bring something up that I might have forgotten, you know? Um, and it's more so a testament to you guys than it is to me. So I appreciate you guys a ton. Jerry says, beating Atlanta does my heart so good. Uh, <laughs> I think that's most of us, Jerry, but I, I do agree. Forgive says, they have to stop splitting carries with Jamal Williams. 14 rushes, averaging 1.9 yards. Yeah, it wasn't working. Those plays were a freaking waste, man. Absolute waste. Uh, Ryan says, Arthur Smith getting mad at the end was so funny because they were literally still throwing the ball down 30. It's It's... A waste, man. I think that's just a frustrated coach finding someone to yell at because he's not going to yell at Desmond Ritter on the sideline. The season's over. Desmond Ritter sucks. What's that going to do? Is Arthur Smith yelling at Desmond Ritter going to do anything? No. So I think it's more so projecting. I, I I don't think this should be a big deal. I think it's becoming a bigger deal than it should be. Dennis, Dennis Allen finally did something cool for once. Took him two years. Like We, we should be fine with that. Montauk says the Saints are kings of winning meaningless, meaningless games. I do agree with that. Hey, Mendoza with the Super Chat. Thank you so much. Says, great coverage this year. What was overall the funniest moment of the season for you regarding all teams? Ooh. Funniest moment of the season regarding all teams. I would say one of them is Robert Sala tackling Zach Wilson. Like, he could say that was an accident, but there looked like there was some conviction to him slamming that dude on the sideline. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um... I think Mac Jones getting benched and like Bailey Zappi throwing an immediate pick on a fake spike was hilarious as hell. I'm trying to think what else is pretty funny. Um, Falcons losing to the Panthers nine to seven was pretty funny because the the Falcons don't lose that game. I think they're probably 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 still in the driver's seat to win the NFC South. So that was kind of hilarious. Like I said before, Carr chucking the ball at Andrews Pete made me piss my pants. Uh, Tommy DeVito having negative passing yards in the game was pretty hilarious. Um, 
I don't know. There, there's a good amount. There's a good amount. Those are probably the ones that are kind of like off the top of my head that I think about. I'm sure there are, there are more that will happen, but those are definitely up there uh, for me in terms of funniest moments. But I, I will say, someone mentioned it before, Dennis Allen not properly throwing a challenge flag was pretty hilarious too. I, I got I to gotta give credit where it's due on that one. That, that one definitely made my day there. Going to keep it going here with Cooler Beat saying, apparently DA called to take a knee, but he says the players ran the play for a touchdown anyway. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If it is, that's still kind of funny. Uh, I really don't uh, – I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's fine. that I really don't care that they ran up the score. It's Atlanta. Have some fun with it, you know. But it seems to be a, a big deal in terms of the Twitter streets and everything going on there. Montauk says, time to fully rebuild and fire the staff. Keep the younger players. Uh, look, man, I get the sentiment. It's just, it's probably not going to happen. So I think people are just going to have to accept this is, this is where we're at for a little bit. Montauk says, Dennis Allen's from Atlanta and, uh, and originally from the Falcons organization. If, of course, he's kissing their butt and apologizing. <laughs> Amir says, if we never pulled the Falcons against the Packers, we wouldn't be in the situation looking for help from other teams. I agree. I agree. Zeke says it was a fun win, but it's, a, it's bad that I still don't believe in a DA-led Saints team. They failed to reach their goal this year. No, I don't think it's, I think it's okay to understand that they failed to reach their goal and you don't believe in him still. You know, I, I think that it's fair to say this was a failed season for the Saints. They should be division winners. They should have won at least 10 games this year. They're going to fail of both accounts. Now, they still might get into the playoffs, but they failed on both those. So I think it's totally okay with saying that. Matt says, DA is soft. We are not making the playoffs. Who'd at one more season of DA, then he's going. I kind of agree. I think that's, uh, that's what's going to happen. Margaret says, what bothered me is there were no sacks today. Uh, yeah, I didn't even really think about that as the game was kind of progressing, the, the lack of pressure from the Saints. Uh, I think they got one, though. I'm pretty sure they got home once. But other than that, it's fine, though. I don't think this was the type of game that you needed to get pressure. Let Desmond Ritter kind of make mistakes, which he did. But the pass rush is going to need help. they got to get someone to be across from Carl Granderson and make a difference because I don't think they have that guy right now. Mo says, can't believe DA apologized. Even in a blowout, he still does something that doesn't sit well with fans. Tell Smith, keep us out of the end zone if he doesn't like it. <laughs> I agree with you. Tony says, I love the move of running up the score but not loving DA apologizing for it at the presser. Just own it. One of the few moments as a collective we agreed with something you did. <laughs> that, that's like the name of the game, right? Like, he finally does something that takes fans like, there we go, DA. We like it. And then he, he apologizes, which leads to Cody saying, dipshit should just get fired for apologizing. <laughs> Pretty funny. Max says, can we petition for an Arthur Smith versus DA boxing match? I'm cool with it. Rather see that than Jake Paul. I'll tell you that much. St. John Butler says, just wanted to chime in and say great work this season, Chris. Should be a crazy offseason, but we'll worry about that another day. Yeah, I, I do think it will be a, a, a wild offseason for sure. Falcons going to make changes. Saints probably going to be where they're at right now. Got to hope they have a good draft. That's what you got to hope for. Uh, Panthers, they don't have the number one pick, so that's hilarious. And then the Bucks, what are they going to do? Are they going to double down on what they add? I don't know if I would. I would say thank you for your service. I don't know if I'm committing long-term to these guys, but it's going to be interesting. Getting some uh, updates from Corey and Alex saying Bears up 3-0. Carl says the same. Corey saying Seahawks are at a 0-0 game. You know, yeah. Vincent, the DA... It needs to indict DA so we don't have to suffer with him next year. <laughs> I, I do think we have one more year of DA. So we just bunker down and we see what happens. 
He says, watching this game in Cancun, Mexico, and wow, I must say this was the icing on the cake for me. Too bad the Panthers suck complete ass. First off, I hope you're having a blast uh, in Cancun. Second, the Panthers do suck ass. They are, they're not an NFL team. I don't care what anyone says. The way they played this year, that was not an NFL team. So I'll get into more comments you guys have. Before I do that, though, I want to get a quick word from one of our sponsors, Chris. I need to clear something up about New Orleans. While our culinary scene might be on fire, our food has never been about heat. It's always been about flavor. And this is how New Orleans does flavor. Are we clear? Crystal, how New Orleans does flavor. Thanks again to Crystal for being part of the program. So yeah, we do have kind of an update on it. It does seem like the Saints players kind of went for it and ran up the score, and that's why DA is also probably apologizing because it wasn't his decision. But I would say this. Isn't it crazy that we're at a moment where the players don't agree with their coach? Like, I know the Saints won, right? So that should be the story. Saints beat the crap out of the Falcons. That is the main takeaway. Derek Carr played really well. But if the players are going up against the coach's wishes, and this quote from Cesar Ruiz, he's saying, I couldn't go home without getting Jamal Williams one, whatever heat that comes with, put that on the O-line. So it just seems like there's a disconnect between the coach and the players, which doesn't surprise me. I think we all know that. But the fact that he is, you know, sitting there not being on the same page, that's that's a problem. That's a problem. So now you guys are saying in the live chat for me to check Benjamin Watson's tweet. I guess I shall. I guess I shall. All right, so Catterall said, Dennis Allen said they asked if Jamal Williams could get a touchdown. He said no, he wanted to take an E. He said the players ran the play anyway. He said Arthur Smith was right to be upset. Benjamin Watson tweets, if your players or assistant coaches don't run the plays you call, you've already lost your team. If you're comfortable enough to tell the world about it, there's no turning back. So you know I'm retweeting that motherfucker because that is accurate. That is accurate. So there's something that you kind of change your tune in the middle of the, uh, of the show is, now we know why this schmuck apologized. And now that he did apologize, I fucking hate him even more because by apologizing, you're throwing your own players under the bus. I don't get this guy. I, don't, I do not get this guy. And again, I know the Saints won. And who knows? The Saints might make the playoffs. I have no idea. I got to see how these next two games go. But are you for real that you're sitting there throwing the players under the bus? That, that's what he just did. That's that's literally what he just did by by saying that the players they ran, they went against it. You, you practically threw the team under the bus. I can't with this dude, man. You know it is it is what it is, right? They're keeping him. We're stuck with him. But man. Now, now I'm even more annoyed. Like I, I was just kind of taking the jokes because I thought Dennis Allen actually had a set of nuts and said, let's just run it up on the Falcons. But the players asked. You said no because apparently you can't have any fun. Then they went against your wishes, which, by the way, if they're going against your wishes, they don't fucking respect you. And then to tell the media, you know what? They, they went against my wishes. The players did it. That's why I apologized to Atlanta. First off, fuck you for apologizing to the Falcons. Second... Dude, you just admit to the world your players don't fuck with you. They don't trust you. You're not on the same page. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. What a guy. 
What a guy. Gotta love it. But that's why you guys call him dipshit Dennis, and I laugh every time you say it. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So, I'll resume. I'll try to resume and get to where we were at. Let's see. No cap, no filter, mentioning all the bad quarterbacks the Saints played. I know, man. It is a who's who's of dog shit. Desmond Ritter twice, Baker twice, DeVito, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Gardner Minshew, Tyson Bajent. Bajent and DeVito aren't even NFL quarterbacks. Like, that's the crazy thing, you know? Mo says, just wanted to say I appreciate your takes and honest opinion. Great work this season. I look forward to your videos after every game. It's great for Saints fan community. Good out forever. First off, thank you so much for, for the kind words. I really appreciate that. Uh, you've been uh, constant in terms of coming in, leaving your thoughts in the chat. So thank you to you for doing that. Uh, and yeah, look, obviously, even though the season could end today, depending on how the next you know couple games go in the afternoon, um, this could be it in terms of post-game live stream. But I, we'll obviously have videos here on the Straight Up Saints podcast and doing some more work. I'm definitely going to try and get into the TikTok realm of being more consistent with short videos. So that that will definitely come at some point. But yeah, no, thank you to you guys for uh, for your support and putting in uh, all your comments and questions. Kyle says, is, PA, uh, is Pete back next year? I said PA. Uh, is Pete back next year? We'll see, Kyle. I think that it's it's a little 50-50. I do think that the organization would like to make changes just for the sake of saying we made changes. But I don't know. I, I think that um, – I, I do think that there is, to some degree, a, a chance that they bring him back because they, they maybe like what he did towards the end. Ayu Boys 504 says, enjoy this all season. Hopefully you get one more, but if not, I'll keep in touch. Appreciate you, Chris. Appreciate you coming in and, and leaving your comments, man. I, I, I greatly appreciate that. And like I said, guys, I'll still do live streams for sure. You know, if you're, if, if there's a big move signing during the draft, I know I do my live streams then too. So we'll still have live streams. It just won't be every Sunday after games, obviously, because the season is, is pretty much over, which is nuts because it felt like, you know, a month ago was week one and it really, really, uh, it really flew. Troy says, on another good note, the Saints end the season with a winning streak. Yeah, I mean, wish they won that Rams game because then you're looking at division champs. Hey, Mendoza says, this year definitely showed how valuable having a backup is. Oh, yeah, around the league, 66 different starting quarterbacks. 66. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's interesting for sure. But it's, it's part of the problem with the league. You know, having so many different starters and all these injuries resurface, it's... Um, I don't know what you change, right? Because the rules are in place to be quarterback friendly. Quarterbacks still get hurt because it's the nature of the game. And that's just kind of where we're at uh, with today's NFL. But it, you're all right. That's why it pays to have a backup. I know the Saints kind of restructured uh, Jameis's contract. Does that mean they bring in, you know, him back for another year? Does that just kind of prolong the cap hit and get rid of him after this year? Who knows? We shall see for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, def it's definitely shown us that uh, this year you need a backup quarterback. Brenton says we don't deserve the postseason. I see a lot of that. I, I, I agree that the Saints team didn't do enough to warrant being in the postseason. Maybe the players did, though. So that's that. Uh, anyway, guys, I know we're kind of getting towards the end here. Let me just find any more last things. If I missed anything. Um... Nick saying DA is a bitch, threw his team under the bus after the biggest win. It feels that way for sure, man. Substitute teacher vibes. You know, I agree about that. Forgive says crazy how we went from just MT at receiver. Now we have two potential stars if they get good QB play. Yeah, definitely, definitely improved in terms of having, um, you know, that that uptick in, in explosive plays with Olave, with Rashid Shahid. So 
that that's definitely good news. I, I think Olave, we already know, can be wide receiver one. But I, I, I tweet it when he makes a big play all the time. I think Rashid Shaheed has legitimate, like, game-breaking potential in this league. And I think he shows it from time to time. There just needs to be a consistency thing with him. But he's good. And I'd say Shaheed is getting better to the point that, like, at some point, whether it's next year or the year after, I know he's a Pro Bowl returner, but I don't know if I'd want him returning punts forever because, like, you could get injured on those plays. And I think he's so valuable to the team. But that's where I'm at with him. By the way, guys, if, if you're watching right now in the chat, actually, Carl just gave an update. I was going to ask for an update. He said 3 nothing Chicago, 3 nothing Seattle. So good news on the Bears, bad news on Seattle. But both games, obviously, if it's 3 nothing in both, way too close to, uh, to say anything there right now. Nick says, your content helped me get through this year. Without it, no way I would have been this invested still. First off, thank you. I really do appreciate that. That's that's uh, quite the compliment, Nick. But like I said, you know, and I'll keep saying it, it's because of guys like you coming in and giving your comments, your thoughts, and, and all that, uh, there is a connection. And I see so many of you guys throughout the week, and I can tell who's kind of like the regulars of coming in after games and leaving their thoughts. And uh, I think that part of it and that aspect of it is really neat. So the, the thanks goes to you guys. If I made your Sunday to any degree even a little bit better, obviously that warms my heart. But the, the real thing for me is seeing you guys come in consistently and being able to retain certain people, um, and, you know, whether it's you, Nick, whether it's uh, guys like Alex or, or Zeke or Cody or I know Jerry and Carl. And like, I see a bunch of guys in the chat all the time, um, you know, like Ed and, and I go down the list, but so many of you guys coming in and leaving your comments and uh, it's pretty cool. So that, that's the real, the real thanks along the way. Paul says, Alvin said that they play for each other. So what this says is that the players won in spite of DA coaching. They tuned him out earlier in the season. Well, I mean, I forgot who said this, but someone said it felt like the Saints were playing, the players were playing for themselves, not for the coaches. And that could be true. I mean, when you hear comments like this, it makes it feel like it is true. But I I don't know. I just, I still can't believe that's what happened. That shit's kind of wild. But such is, uh, such is the situation that we're in. Nick says, O-line across the league is bad, too. Yeah, O-line play around the NFL is terrible. Eagles have a good O-line. Lions have a pretty good O-line. I'm probably missing a couple others. But, like, you know, even teams like the Niners, right, people bring up the Niners. It's the left side because of Big Trent. Big Trent Williams is, a, is an absolute dog. So they run towards the left side. If you ever see them run towards the right side, it's not nearly as productive. Uh, you know, even the Cowboys. Cowboys no longer have a dominant line the way they used to. So... It's, it's across the league. Saints line obviously didn't play well this year. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because clearly they don't believe in Trevor Penning and clearly Ryan Ramchick's got a decision to make about his knee, right? Does he retire? Does he try to come back? I don't know. Like Saints might have two new tackles next year. But O-line is bad around the league. And what I would say is if the Saints can figure that part out, you will get a better version of Derek Carr. I'm stating the obvious, but his best games are when he had good pockets and protection. And the Saints are definitely going to have to figure that out. I think that across the board, they just didn't get consistent play. You know, Hurst wasn't good this year. Penning obviously got benched early. Ramchek was hurt. Ruiz disappointed this year. McCoy disappointed at times. They just they just need to be better in that regard. No cap, no filter said, uh, Baker is the only full season starter would be all season long. Everyone else was a backup, benched, or benched multiple times, and Baker's an iffy stopgap. I agree with that, for sure. Nick says, Shahid with a coordinator. Can, uh, who can scheme him would be a Tyreek Hill light. I, I don't know about that because Tyreek really is one of one, but to your point, he would be a game breaker. He already is a game breaker, but I want to see consistency with Shahid. I feel like Shahid, it's one explosive week, then we don't hear from him, then another explosive week, then we don't hear from him. 
you know, and, and I think the talent's there for him. I think he can be close to a thousand yard receiver. He just needs the opportunity, you know? Uh, John saying touchdown Packers. Uh, first off, thank you for the, the update, John. Greatly appreciate that, man. Cause, uh, try my best here to, to kind of multitask. And I will say I'm not very good at multitasking. I'm pretty shit at it, to be honest. So uh, we got that going on. Um, let's see. Cody saying you have to be good to piss off Saints fans after beating the Falcons by 30. You really do. It's a special kind of stupid and DA possesses it. So kudos to him. Saints T says, uh, or Saints T, excuse me, Saints, uh, do they need Arizona and the Bears to both win and make the playoffs? Yes, they do need it. They need the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. They need the Bears to beat the Packers. If that happens, the Saints are the seventh seed, and then they would play either the Cowboys or the Eagles in the first round. Forgive says the Jags are a disaster. You know, I will say missing the playoffs will stink this year because the Saints are supposed to be a playoff team. But being 8-3, and three, which the Jaguars were, and missing the playoffs, oh my God, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'd be devastated as a fan. That's an all-time collapse for that team. And I think next year, they got to make a decision. Like, next year's got to be the make or break for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. Like, it's got to work. They got to win the division. They got to look good. If not, what do they do there? Hale Mendoza says, we need to get a new O-line coach because it went from a strength to a weakness real quick. I agree. I think Doug Marone's out of there. And the reason I say that is there's a bunch of first-round talents and it's not working, so they might try to find someone who could come in and get the best out of said talent. John says, man, I hope you make plans for next year. I shall try. Uh, I don't know if I'd be making playoff plans, but I I will be making plans for sure, hopefully. Mo says, positive is the Bucs are going to keep bowls for barely beating a two-win Panthers team. Look, the biggest positive for the Saints would be if the Falcons and the Bucs stay pat with their their coaching staffs. Uh, Bucs will. Falcons, I don't know. Panthers, obviously, they got to get a new coach, but they have so much work that needs to be done that you don't really have to worry about them next year. You really worry about Bryce Young. If Bryce Young's not the guy, you prolong the rebuild even more. If he is the guy, maybe the rebuild speeds up a little bit. Falcons, that's an interesting one. I'm going to be looking at them. Do they get a new coach? Do they get a new quarterback? Who knows, man? There's a, a lot to dissect there. A lot. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out. But it's been a fascinating Sunday, obviously. Saints kick the, the, uh, the Falcons' ass. Now they need help from the Bears to beat the Packers, which right now that's not going so well. And they need help from the Cardinals against the Seahawks, which that one also not going particularly great. But the, the Cardinals could score here. It seems like they're in Seattle territory. So we'll kind of see how that one progresses. But overall, guys, it's been a really fun regular season with you guys chatting. Has the, the campaign been great? No, right? Saints were not where I expected them to be. I thought they'd be 10-7. They end up finishing 9-8, but we'll see. We'll be rooting for the Bears. We'll be rooting for the Cardinals, and we'll see how this all goes down. But I want to give a big thank you to you guys for leaving your comments, your concerns, your predictions, your thoughts, your questions, your rants, uh, your, your, your kind words, all of that. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, thank you for the super chats this season that you guys left. Uh, thank you much, pretty much for everything. You guys made it a blast to uh, cover this team uh, via you know the, these post-game live streams. and. I'll be back Monday morning. It'll be a little bit different. Maybe we'll talk about the state of the Saints. And obviously, if the Saints make the playoffs, I'll, maybe I'll hop on tonight and do another live stream. But I'll see how these two games go. If that happens, maybe I'll be back on here. So you guys kind of stay tuned for that. And I'll keep you updated on Twitter if I do. But that's going to wrap it up, guys. I want to thank you so much. And uh, make sure you subscribe to Boot Crew Media because they got great content, whether it's LSU, uh, Tulane, obviously Pelicans. That is going to be kind of the bread and butter of what Boot Crew is all about. 
And make sure you subscribe for more from the, the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Have a great weekend, everyone. And let's go Bears. Let's go Cardinals. Let's see if the Saints can squeak into the playoffs and make this thing interesting.